Hi, everyone. This episode was recorded a while ago, a simpler time when the only thing we had to worry about was a global pandemic. We again want to voice our support for the protests against police brutality going on across the country and now across the world. The other day on Twitter, we linked to bail funds and mutual aid funds. There's also links in this episode description to GoFundMe pages for the family of Breonna Taylor and Darnella Frazier, who recorded the murder of George Floyd as well as a group called Bean that focuses on black mental health and the National Lawyers Guild. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And once again, Black Lives Matter. Forever. Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, good boys and girls. The following podcast is presented with thousands of sparkling tangents and electro-podcastomagnetic sounds. It's the Main Street Electrical Parade on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, where if we ever decide to end the podcast, we will do decades worth of farewell events first. I'm Scott Gardner, joined by uh, via electrosynthomagnetic sound, Mike Carlson. Hey, yes, I'm here. Uh, we will pull a Motley Crue, a Rolling Stones, a Kiss. We will threaten to retire, but never do it. Exactly. Uh, we promise. And uh, Jason Sheridan is here as well. Yes. Every time I stop talking, I will you know, end my sentence with, I am glowing away forever. And then I will come back a couple minutes later, probably. <laughs> I, think, I think it would up the, the drama of the podcast from this point if we just, if we say, podcast the ride is glowing away sometime in the next uh, 15 years so this is your last this is what what the episode you're listening to is one of your last chances to experience the podcast the ride magic Mm -hmm. i think that's i really think we should manipulate the audience more i think we should uh really play with their emotions so i think that's good i think we should actually just do it more aggressively like threaten to quit set like because like motley Crue just said they were going away forever and they came back and it's annoying, but it also makes a lot of money because people then feel bad and they feel like they have to see us. So from now on, every live show we do is our last show. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? No. Let's 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 up the drama. We can uh, Elton John. This is is Elton John or like I feel like Elton John and Cher do this all the time. Like they're kind of in a perennial. They're saying goodbye, but maybe they are. Re- Elton is really now. Elton claims he's really saying goodbye on this last tour. I don't know about Cher. I'm not sure about her. The Who have retired a few times, and they've come back. There's two of them left. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's it's a common trick. I mean, Jay-Z retired. I think this is also sort of part of, like, legend and myth-making. Michael Jordan retired. He's retired twice. He came back. It's part of, like, you know, the legendary return is something. Like, I never thought... Oh my god, I thought I would never be able to see Jay-Z again. I thought he'd never make a, another album. He retired at what, 33 or something? <laughs> Didn't he hasn't he put out more albums post retirement, quote unquote? I think like, that so. was like a midway point. That was so long. It was that like It was like a decade <laughs> was that over like a decade. When ago, the right? Main Street Parade first, yeah. I think it was in 1996. 
<laughs> now he's mostly yeah. Jay Z retired. Jay Z said he was retiring in the first track of his first album. He's a hedge right. fund guy now, mostly. He's mostly just managing investments now. Right. <laughs> you don't retire from that. The smart move is to stick with it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get, get retiring. And what you know, the today's topic, the Main Street Electrical Parade. I, I, you know, I remember a very dramatic run, the first real farewell in in '96, uh, where they were selling the bulbs. That was a very like pieces of the Berlin Wall type own history. Make sure you own a bulb. Mm-hmm. What do we have that would be a legitimate piece of podcast the ride? history but is also essentially an infinite supply uh the mason jar water glasses at mike's house wait hey 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 wait (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna give away glasses at my yeah (laughs) what (laughs) mike's dishware (laughs) that's infinite supply there's a lot of them there's like there's no there's like eight there's like you got a couple you got a couple pallets in there infinite supply (laughs) let's rise well how many glasses do you have how many glasses? Yeah. Do yeah, have, like, I don't two? know. I a few in the well, house. Like, I'm giving away Jason's ice cream glasses. Bowls. Like <laughs> yeah, my ice cream bowls, Mike's glasses, Scott's uh kind bars. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite well, supply. Those are look in quarantine times, those I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not losing a seed of one of oh, those. Oh sure, that's I'm currency. Not, not a chocolate chip will be wasted. Um, I actually, I had, I, as I was saying it, I think I figured out what it actually is. Uh, uh Edwin's hair. Oh my just God. When Edwin sheds. Oh my God. It's just, everywhere. Yeah. Give, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So you got plenty, but technically it's not infinite, it, but there just is a ton of it. So if we find like a nice little way to package that and then send little tufts of Edwin's hair to our fans you know, so that they can say goodbye to us. Um, because yeah, it's sometime in the next several decades, podcast the ride is over. He's, he's yeah. glowing away forever. I have to say, selling the bulbs I thought was a very canny move, and at ten dollars a bulb, that's a pretty affordable souvenir by Disney standards. But it was the nineties. It was the nineties. I, I mean, I, I think today those are going for you know if they if they did it new now they'd be like forty five each. Oh, were they actual f- flipped? Were they flipped immediately? Yeah. Were they actually the bulbs, or were they other bulbs made to look like the bulbs? Do we know? I don't know that. They could have been the bulbs, because I think the bulbs were pretty specific. They were definitely weren't just bought at the store, because we'll get into the history mm-hmm. of it, but at the time, the the more popular type of electric bulb, of Christmas bulb, was like, they, they were much bigger. I saw it described as thumb-sized. It's like, you know, what's still at my parents' house. And then at some point, smaller lights came in vogue. But at the time they were doing this, they were pretty specifically from Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Mm. So, like, a company gave them the bulbs. So truly, that is a little bit historic if you're getting the bulbs from the 70s that had to be hand-dipped before the parade began. That's not too bad. But I wonder if at this point they just, like, went and bought a ton of bulbs at Gnome Depot or whatever. Yeah, and you you did not own a bulb. I never bought a bulb. I was definitely very aware of the the first glow away, the first farewell season. Right. And I wondered if I should have, but I never... That would have been a, a parent pester, and I did not do that pester. Have we looked on eBay to see what those bulbs might be going for? No, that's a good move. You want to give I'll, that a I'm check? I'm already on it. <laughs> the original 96 
bulbs, uh, right. which in in theory could be from the seventies, or it's all the biggest scam they ever pulled. I don't know. <laughs> I have to say, I think that's like growing up with the like growing up on the East Coast and going to Disney World. I remembered this parade. Spectro Magic definitely made a bigger, more upsetting impression in my mind. But <laughs> I, I think in my head when I was younger, it was like, there's always a nighttime light parade. And in fact, this parade inspired by the electric water pageant, which gr- looms larger in my mind as like a a regular Disney World goer. You always had to make a night of like, oh, we have to make sure we're over by the Magic Kingdom or go to the Polynesian or something and see the electric water pageant boat parade. That is a question I had. Is it, are, are you guys as steeped in the Main Street Electrical Parade not having Disneyland as your uh, as your main park? Well, in, in nostalgia-wise, yeah, it was uh, uh, the doll-faced Spectro men were more of the thing I remembered because of Disney World because I never went to Disneyland. So it's more of... This parade is more of, like, myth. It's myth to me. I've seen it at this point now, the, newer, the newest version of it, but... It was not something directly from my childhood. This version we're like focusing on today. Well, I forgot that was the case. For me, my first trip was, I forget, 87 or 88. I mean, it's like, it might be one of the first things in my life I remember. Like, <laughs> I remember my POV. And I, rem- I really loved Pete's Dragon already. So seeing the dragon in the parade... I mean, that might have been like the Disney character I was the most excited to see just because that was the tape I had arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. I'm not as fond of it anymore. But truly, I like I remember hearing that first note. I remember the vocoder and I remember the dragon going by. It's like and it really indelible memory from the first Disney trip, which obviously left <laughs> a gigantic crater of an impression. Uh, um, and I can only imagine people, you know. Uh, people's memories of it from the 70s and 80s. I, I, uh, um, I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad it made it to myth point for you, regardless of not having had that uh, that baby brain moment that I mm-hmm. that I had. Well, well I, I mean, the music. I think the I knew the music before anything else. Because the other thing is, every parade samples that music. Seemingly, every nighttime parade after it uses snippets of it the pete's dragon especially that one is interesting just because it's probably one of the more spectacular floats and it's funny because like that was supposed to be a temporary like movie promotional 70s float that wasn't supposed to be permanent and it just stuck around yeah yeah it's very odd like like a a very sign of the times thing that now is this kind of permanent place that pete's dragon has in the parks that it, it probably would not have otherwise. I don't know that there'd be any representation of Pete's Dragon. No. Um, should there be? I don't know. Well, nowadays, heard... kids are all about the live-action Robert Redford starring Pete's Dragon, right? We're all watching and thinking about that live-action version constantly. Of course. I definitely remember that Robert Redford was in it. Mm-hmm. I for sure was aware of mm-hmm. that before you said it just now. Mm-hmm. Uh did that come out ten years ago or last year? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it could be either. Uh, the answer really it, in the nether realm. The answer to the bulb question on eBay is that you can get a bulb for like thirty bucks, thirty five bucks. Okay, thirty. Yeah, it's not like, an unreasonable. 
markup, I wouldn't say. And it comes in a little like box with that says Main Street Electrical Parade uh, also with a little like triangle shape. So it That's doesn't nice. seem like it's that hard to come by. Some of them are a little more expensive, but I'm not sure if it's like they're special. Maybe it was like Pete, Pete's like dragon, like the eyeball of the dragon or something. That would be a extra expensive bulb, I assume. This is from the A in To Honor America. <laughs> one of the stripes. It's one the of point the- of the A. It's the peak. One of the stars on the Stars and Stripes. One of the states. I mean, yeah, that's 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 crucial. Uh, yeah, it represents uh, Tennessee specifically. Right. So, um, it's worth a little a more important. Hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, they should have like geo tracked them somehow. But I, I found it so I find it so funny that they did this and they sold all the bulbs and then just like this thing was back so quickly. I feel like it never really went away for that much time and it's sort of been in uh, there's been versions in other parks if you guys had would it have been i actually i I honestly don't know this i should have done this research was it in disney world before spectra magic oh that's a good question i need to the timeline is so confusing to me and i looked at it jason you have an answer yeah i have the, the answer is yes um it ran in the magic kingdom from 77 to 91 and then spectra magic uh, debuted after that, and then it came back to the Magic Kingdom in 99 to 2001, and then came back to the Magic Kingdom <laughs> from 2010 to 2016. Wow. Huh. Wow. It's, I mean, it is a, like a world tour. They start shipping it back and forth. Yeah. It is so... Paris, Tokyo. I mean, they built other versions for it. California Adventure, my favorite California Adventure, I'll try to hold this up to the camera, when they changed mm-hmm. the drum to say a California classic. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, guys. That's a that's a weak tie together, for sure. A bizarre way to explain why it's there. Uh, um, hey, and it, you know, it ended up in, in Manhattan too, but I'll, I'll save that one. I mean, uh, that's, that's, that's sh- one of the odder events. Uh, <laughs> that that is, history. shit is wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really twice insane. in Manhattan. <laughs> wait, twice? Twice, oh, wait, well, here, yeah. we'll, we'll, here, then we'll, here, we'll save it. I'll, okay, let's, let's, yeah. Let's, let's try to go about this, uh, in an orderly fashion. Sure. I, I mean, like, what do we, do, should we sort of talk through the history of it? I mean, Jason, you were talking about the uh, electric water pageant a little bit, which was its its predecessor in, uh, in, in pretty much every way. Yeah, I mean, this is one where uh, one of my favorite uh, characters of the, the Disney executive board of hunks, Cardwalker, uh, shows up. Um, he, he, you know, uh, they were they were debuting the electric or they showed the electric water pageant a, on the Seven Seas Lagoon in the Magic Kingdom, and that was really that was another thing that like that wasn't supposed to last a long time, but everyone liked it, so they just kept it around. And while they while they showed that, there were like Disneyland reps there, and the, I think the company edict was like. Hey, we we need to do some stuff for Disneyland too. We need to have some stuff there. It can't just we can't just be throwing everything in Florida. So some some yeah, because it's early seventies. Yeah. So like all yeah, all company resources are going to Disney World. Uh, um, and yeah, and I saw it explained too that they were doing a lot of concerts. They were doing quick promotions right. like that. 
Um, but concerts are ultimately cost prohibitive and only like some of the guests in the park in a given day can go see it. So is there something that everybody can see uh, leading to, I forget the quote from who, but somebody, somebody saying, why can't we make Main Street our stage? Why isn't there, can there be a, like a great nighttime moving concert, essentially? This is also like the technology was at the right time. Nickel cadmium batteries play a big role in this parade. These like little portable batteries that had enough juice to light all this stuff up for one go of the parade and then get it backstage and recharge it for the second go of the parade. That is so insane that, they, yeah, they could, because if you've ever seen a parade at, at Disneyland or in a Magic Kingdom, yeah, you know it, like, parade, I forget the order, but it'll be like a parade leaves from the small world area, travels south to Main Street, then there's another parade where it goes backwards, and then there, I guess that's the order, because then it gets stored up up north, up in the storage area uh, in the northern part of the park, um, so that... <laughs> That's an, a, a parade that is entirely about electricity will not have any electricity if they don't charge every single battery really, really fast. That's like an uh, yeah, it's like I'm trying to think the like most power sucking charging situation where it's like you're running all your apps on the iPhone at once and like I just ruin the battery after an hour. Like <laughs> it's just. It's crazy. I, I really, you, you would think that it was like, it would just be a panic once all the parade floats got back there. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Uh, and, you know, by, I should say that's that's not how it runs today. Right, that's right. just like in, in its janky 70s, uh, you know, formation. That's how it had to happen. But I, I also like seeing the breakdown of what they considered because, you know, they, they like this idea. I think, uh, you know, the, the electric water pageant, um, was essentially a Main Street Electrical Parade, but on barges, like it's going along a lake. So presumably there's just big power units like there would be on, on any boat. But in doing much smaller, more mobile, uh, uh, you know, little floats, how are we going to charge these things? So there's talk of gas generators, but they make too much noise and produce mm-hmm. too many fumes. <laughs> uh, extension cords they went through, <laughs> um, but they would create trip and fall hazards. Very true. Like where, yeah, where... The, Our extension cords coming the from the characters would you have to need... run on a giant wheel to power it, <laughs> <laughs> like a hamster wheel. Cinderella would be running with the mice. Every character has one of those uh, radios that you charge with a hand crank to play oh, yeah, Baroque yeah. down. <laughs> Everything is out of sync. It just sounds like a horrible cacophony. They're all just rubbing sticks together, kindling, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to create sparks. Yeah, there, <laughs> Murray, or this parade stops. There could just be like a train's like uh, coal-based engine on each each float. You have to shovel <laughs> characters just shoveling hot coals into an engine. You know, we're trying to bring coal back. It's tight ty- right now. Twenty twenty is the best time to bring coal back, Cl- and I think Disney is the place to do it. Clean coal. Clean coal. <laughs> clean. It's gonna be coal. so clean. We're gonna take it. We're gonna clean it, and then it's gonna be clean, and then it's clean coal. <laughs> the cleanest of all uh, coals. I mean, all to be fair, all the presidents have said the phrase "clean coal." I don't know why. <laughs> What the hell? Disney. Cinderella is going to take the coal. She's going to clean the coal, and it's going to be clean coal. We understand. Just as Disney pivoted during World War II to making uh, government propaganda and educational films, Disney 
<laughs> during Corona in order to get a financial uh, like bailout bridge loan has to start making clean coal like <laughs> like new ducktails <laughs> new david tennant uh, scrooge mcduck has to talk about clean coal <laughs> hey, just yeah giant five minute ads in every episode but you know launch pad <laughs> is smart financial decision is Launch. They have to take like a train ride, and Launchpad's like, "Gee, did you know Scrooge? This this was a clean coal. It's really safe." Return to looks gra- like me could get to work in factories again. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go get a job shoveling clean coal. Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the final season, the search for clean coal. <laughs> The the that's a lot of the delay in Avatar is they're having to shift the philosophy like unobtainium is out and coal is in. <laughs> the Navi have agreed to uh, um, this is this is the way of the future and we are going to start building. Fa- yeah, you know, hey, fuck these trees, fuck the Hallelujah Mountains. They, it's time to drill. They no longer fly banshees. They roll coal. They have the lifted pickup <laughs> trucks that run on coal. <laughs> Joe Rody is now doing the expansion of Avatar Land that's just based around coal and coal mountains. Large mountains full of coal. <laughs> we first find coal in the myth of Santa Claus. And everyone loves Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a part of uh, everyone's childhood. And, uh, you know, if we, can, if, we, if we can trust him, then we can trust coal. <laughs> Joe Rody has stopped wearing, like, his trademark, like, hat and vest and stuff and just now has one of those T-shirts that says, like... Don't mess with an Imagineer who was born in February and has a giant earring. <laughs> what? <laughs> those like algorithm t-shirts that are really specific. You ever seen those? Probably. Okay. Do you know he was born in February or is that no, just an approximate just a, uh, a guess? You don't celebrate Joe Rody's birthday specifically. No, no. Perhaps we all should. Though. Uh, I yeah. think we should. Um, I just watched a uh, one of these great channels that just uploads every like piece of promotional material. It might be cow missing on YouTube. Uh, posted footage of like the announcement of Animal Kingdom when they were still calling it Wild Animal Kingdom. And Rhodey does a presentation, and he looks pretty much like he does today, except in a very Eisner esque suit, like a double breasted oh. with a big thick tie. Um, you know, he really dresses like Bruce Wayne. He dresses like Val <laughs> Kilmer Bruce Wayne, but still has the big curly mustache. Do you think there was in like towards the end of Michael Eisner's reign as CEO, he wanted everyone to dress like him? That's it very much felt to me like if it wasn't enforced on his part, then he gave Rhodey unsolicited fashion advice. Or like he'd call the Imagineers into the office and he'd be like, look, here's a deal. Uh, I want to make some changes around here. I've ordered a suit in exactly your size. It's over (laughs) sitting in my closet. I'd like you to go over and I'd like you to wear this from now on when you're in public. And he did that to (laughs) everyone. There's this thing, magic eye. All the kids love it. I want every tie to have a pattern (laughs) like magic eye. I want people to stare at your tie for hours on end. To enjoy the three-dimensional spaces on your tie. <laughs> I've invested You can in- lull people into doing your bidding if you hypnotize them with the magic eye pattern on your tie. I've invested over $3 billion into a magic eye company. 
Disney, he spent Disney. more time focused on that Magic Eye company than he did all of California Adventure. <laughs> hey, he he should have bought Magic Eye when he was CEO of Disney. That's shocking. Yeah, that yeah would, that's shocking. That would have been the Iger move. They're the, like the Iger, you know, uh, uh, all, all of the biggest properties of the time. Should have bought that. Should have bought big dog shirts. <laughs> Stussy. Big Johnson shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, please welcome the newest member of the Disney family, Pissing Calvin. <laughs> That's an empire. Yeah, oh, really. I, they would be yeah, unstoppable yeah, I, now. I like to praise him, but he missed out on the biggest purchasing opportunities of '96. Although, didn't the Disney company did through some? Was it Hollywood Pictures or something? I think they did put put out the Jerky Boys movie. <laughs> really? Wow. I think so. I think technically, yes, like... I believe Jerky Boys is Disney. Let wow. Me make, and uh, and I my auto I was wanting to type Jersey Boys, so I did, but that's not right. <laughs> well, because that's you uh, like that. That's the real music. Back when they made real music. <laughs> Back when we made that sound, our sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerky Boys, the movie. Uh, Touchstone. Nice. Touchstone Pictures in '95. So, in the same little run of time, Disney put out Jerky Boys the movie and its Pat. Oh my god! Get those on Disney Plus now. Yeah, I know. Really? We're all stuck at home, bored right now as we're recording. Yeah, where the hell is? Uh... <laughs> they got to loosen the standards. Come on, they're sitting on so many. Yes, jer- I've never seen the Jerky Boys movie. Neither have I. Now's the time. I was too uh, scandalized by them at the time. So, like, the Jerky Boys could show up in a Star Wars movie. Uh, Absolutely. The wow. dream. Or a Marvel movie. Um, as could the Three Ninjas. Oh, yeah. As could Captain Ron. Yeah, As could yeah. Mikey from Life with Mikey. Wow. They are making, uh, as could Cabin Boy. They're making no use of the Touchstone 90s properties. Captain Ron should come back. And with Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah, um, that one's due for the kind of reboot where everyone forgets that the first one wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, don't, we're so far, don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's epic. Captain Ron is back. Kurt Russell is returning to pass the torch to the new generation of captains. Cap- OMG epic. <laughs> three ninjas, too. Three ninjas should come back. It's, it's uh, shocking three ninjas has not been announced. Um, yeah, we're get, we're going to get around all these. Well, in the post-corona spending spree, they're just, they're just going to cycle through. God, they own Kazam? Really? Oh my god! Did, or it was like a co polygram was also involved. Maybe they just distributed it. Did they? Um, do they own Surf Ninjas? Mm, you remember Surf that Ninjas? Feels, Probably that not. Feels very Touchstone. However, might for be, them to do Three Ninjas and Surf Ninja, I know they do not. No, Surf Ninjas is not. Might be New Line. Mm-hmm. I think it was New Line. Uh, they do uh, the gun in Betty Lou's handbag. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The gun. Of, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Penelope Ann took Miller me a and second. Kathy Moriarty. Took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know it when there's a full Disney Plus series about it. Hmm. Um. Anyway, I could look up Touchstone Pictures all day. <laughs> this is. Let's put this in the queue to do the full Touchstone yeah. episode. But yeah. Um. Uh. 
uh back to the parade everyone loves uh, <laughs> um yeah i uh well they even said oh here's another thing they, they considered electrifying the tracks along main street like mm-hmm. cable car style that's interesting so like they would every flow would have gotten its power from the like what the you know what, what runs along those i guess the the the, the horse carriages or uh, yeah the trolley tracks that would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. Electrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like there's a baseball team uh, named after the act of dodging uh, electric tro- sparking trolley cars. <laughs> it's not oh, that's like... That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Why did we talk about this before? Was it because of <laughs> Dodger dogs at CityWalk? I don't remember what spurred Potentially. This I think I took a double-decker bus tour of like the boroughs of New York once and and the the very New York tour guide was like the Dodgers never should have left Brooklyn. Even the name was about dodging the trolley cars when they came careening around the corner. <laughs> Being nostalgic for that. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta take the main street at Disneyland and put it on a slant. So everybody's having to dodge all those cars. More dodging at Disneyland. More dodging. <laughs> More That's dodging. what a real city's about. Um, they should run those uh, main street bugs down at sixty miles an hour. Kids gotta jump out of the way. Make those horse trolleys spark like a real trolley. <laughs> And spook those horses before they go out. Light off fireworks in front of their face. Make them run down Main Street Hill as fast as they can. Do a horse race. Do a horse race down Main Street. Let the people bet on it. Let people oh, make Disneyland's money. Disneyland's no fun. You can't play the ponies. <laughs> you should be able to play the ponies at Disneyland. Most most American entertainment at the turn of the century was about either startling or confusing horses. The fact you can't do that on Main Street's a travesty. <laughs> you got all the fireworks right there. Scare them. Scare more. <laughs> Scare them. Scare them. Scare that horse. The kids will love it. <laughs> Scare the horse. Uh, we, anyway, we don't advocate they, for scaring a horse. That was a we bit. don't advocate. No, that's that's what the character. That was that character. You know, he was wrong. That, 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 that well observed Brooklyny guy. Uh, I imagine as we head into this, we'll also have some well observed uh, Chicago y guys because a Chicago company ended up getting hired to build these floats uh, and install the lights and the NICAD. Uh, batteries uh, because the creators like mm-hmm. liked the specific type of bulb like I said uh, uh, that lit up Michigan Avenue at night um, so they hired a, a Chicago company to do it great all because like by this point we're saying you know as, here's the timeline Disney World opens in 71 uh, I think it's like uh, summer of 72 I think it's sometime in 72 that um, all right, we're, we've announced this parade. Hey, not all the fun is in Florida. We got fun right here, a new electrical parade. It's going to dazzle you. Um, so they start building to this event uh, that's been set up, and then they check in on the Chicago people, and they haven't done shit. <laughs> they just completely dropped the ball, or so Disney says. Yeah. they. I mean, maybe they have a different story. Um, they might. I mean, uh, if you were a Chicago factory worker... <laughs> And Disney caught you having built nothing with two months to go. What would you say? 
Mm, I don't know. I think <laughs> you could make up a couple different. What year was it? Was the seventies? The seventies. What yes. was happening in Chicago in the seventies? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm doubting my own ability to do a Chicago accent. Is what I'm. It's just the I'm Bears. Doing. Just do the Bears. You know, I guess that is that. I never, That's I, all you I, got. I, the Bears. That's all you got to do. Asada. Oh yeah. Well, well, and it's kind of that Ackroyd. It's a yeah. little bit of that Ackroyd thing. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's all right. We'll I'm come too back busy. To I'm seeing. I'm. <laughs> I can't. We look. We got busy. We were seeing all these. We were seeing all the shows at the Second City. <laughs> I was laughing too much. I I had to take a sick leave because my my ribs my ribs and my stomach hurt from laughing too much. <laughs> <laughs> this kid Belushi. <laughs> Dude, that oh, was a little Mike, Italian. Michael O'Donoghue Marone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good um, that's a good excuse yeah yeah that'll yes yeah so uh yeah every all these chicago factory workers were too busy laughing so they didn't get the job done so disney had to uh gather up all of these floats just yank them away from the company drive them to la as fast as humanly possible and finish this parade in like half the time or less than they had established uh, to do it, assuming it was going to be taken care of, which did require that. Uh, so in the initial conception of the parade, there were 500,000 uh, white miniature bulbs and they all had to be hand tinted. So they had to hire a bunch of <laughs> ladies. Of course, it had to be ladies. <laughs> Who else but ladies could do this uh, they had to dip the bulbs in in all of the colors. Wow. Yeah. It's it's well. It's like a weird. It's like ink and paint. Like the ink and paint gals. I don't know why Disney was convinced that uh, men shouldn't be around uh, paint. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's women's <laughs> work is painting. <laughs> paint fumes are going to get in anybody's brain. Men yeah. are far too. The ladies, you can't be trusted. Men around paint, they'll just start drinking it. They're far too <laughs> dumb and crude. <laughs> that was Walt's concern in the old days, and he was right to think it. Uh, I'll say this for like in terms of the Chicago company trying to get this parade off the ground it's not like they had a great inspiration to draw from because the electric water pageant floats it's well documented that as you said those are barges covered in chicken wire wrapped in lights so kind of rigged up and kind of has never really changed I mean I think they've upgraded it a little over the years but the one night or one week engagement has now been going for decades and decades, but it's not like a technological marvel. What's crazy? That's essentially, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say what's crazy about it, and it's all like the the rush to finish it. And I guess it's actually like the same when it comes to most projects and theme parks. It's like it feels like it's like I have a like some sort of project due in school, and I'm rushing to finish it the night before. And it's just like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. Ch- uh, chicken wire and dip it in. Like, we're just going to try to piece stuff together, like, with whatever we have. And then the, the difference, of course, being that, like, the, you know, science project I made in high school fell apart, like, the day of me making it. Well, and then this well, thing. Well, but I, that's not far from how this played out, I wouldn't well, say. Well, that's true. You know, you're right. They have to reconstruct it. Yes. I mean, yeah, it sort of was as janky as like a, a volcano for a science project, yeah. seemingly. Uh, less than a week before the debut, a third of the floats were not ready. <laughs> a third of them, so, and they, and I, I think it. So then there was like a, 
a dress rehearsal where all right, let's uh, let's attempt this. Let's try to get through one pass. And they did not get through the one pass. I'm see you guys might have seen different versions of this story. I saw that a uh, a horse fell over. Oh. <laughs> a Brook- Brooklyn guy's dream. Hey, hey there we go. Yeah, yeah that's what fun. I'm talking about. <laughs> now that's Got funny. Scared. That's funny. That's like Belushi level funny. <laughs> Belushi falls down and the horse falls down. Uh, a, a float crashed into one of the buildings. Yeah. Just like went mm. off the track. I saw and, that. Uh, and this was, I think, the night before. This is the night right. before the very first performance. Um, I feel like I'm I'm forgetting another story. Uh, I had always heard that they got down Main Street and like died in the hub. Like the, the, yeah, they the ran out of power. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. lights turned off. Costume sparking is a big oh, uh, yes, thing. There you go. <laughs> a big thing mentioned. People just walking around with electric costumes sparking at each other. <laughs> and I think I think Jason, what you just said about that they made it down Main Street and then it went dark in the hub, I think that's that's not the rehearsal. I think that's in the that was the first night. That's like what that's as far as they could make it. I think, yeah, a guests and press there and that sort of thing. God, which is a testament to how just instantly lovable and fun and kooky the thing was that it was like, that's a, if that happened now, oh my God, all your, uh, all your news today's and your mice chats, everybody's all up in arms, everybody's furious. We'd be roasting the hell out of them. Yeah. But I like that it was that fun just for the, like the one block that it made it that like, who cares? We love it. Yeah, really? I, yeah, it's like. I'm trying to think, like, what is... I guess the closest thing in recent history is that float in Florida catching fire. The Maleficent <laughs> Dragon float caught on fire a couple years ago at this point. Yeah. That's, like, the biggest, like, parade fail that I can think of in the last <laughs> few years. But also, that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That was cool. Like, that was great. Well, especially no once you're like you're you're seeing it and you're like, oh, I hope everyone was okay. Everyone was. Yes, that rules. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can call it that nobody yeah. was hurt. Yeah, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, you know the the last minute scrappy nature of this, where floats are missing, and we're like, I you know, I I, th- I think the other thing about the night that it debuted was that they were like. The parade started. The first float is leaving the station, and the last several floats are not done. And people are like screwing in bulbs as as it's going at. Like the parade is in progress, and they're still finishing these things. I think actually, oddly, the most recent example of something being this janky, unless they've just kept it secret from us, is the replacement for the Main Street Electrical Parade light magic, which. If we haven't said this officially on Twitter or anything, uh, this is a little bit of a two-parter because light magic we're doing an episode about as well. If you don't know about light magic, I'm so excited to share. We'll get into it later. But like oddly, the whole story with that is let's do a super high-tech parade to replace this always janky parade. And then that too, the floats weren't working. There were major technical problems. It wasn't ready to go by the time they'd organized some big event. So like the same thing essentially happened in the seventies and the nineties. Yeah. I don't know. I think paint the night, which is like really the, like realizing that dream of the technologically superior parade. I don't know. I haven't read about any like big problems with that, but I'm sure there were, I wonder if they just keep those problems hidden now. 
not problems, but I thought there was supposed to be like that parade in Japan. I feel like there are more interactive elements or was there were at one point where like people had wands or ears that would light up and would bounce along to the music. And I feel like they promised something like that for Anaheim and it didn't really happen. We did I get am remember a yeah. new a new uh, mix of a classic Al City song. We definitely got well, that for sure. Well, of course we did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am remembering now that I remember reading like Mice Chat articles about the issues with the uh, Paint the Night Parade. So there were some issues, but I don't know if they were as severe as like they were shooting sparks into the audience or anything. <laughs> they just like they keep a lid on these things i guess a little better i i, I don't know um but now but they've also leaned into it's not like disney hides all these stories of the problems at the electrical parade i think they kind of love these stories now that something as as beloved to disneyland fans as this parade had such a, a like crappy messy start mm-hmm yeah, that's like it's kind of like adds to like the spunky nature, the can-do spirit of the Main Street Electrical Parade. That's really what it is. Yeah, uh, um, even in all of its jankiness and uh, crashing and lighting on fire for the parade, they did have to develop for the first time and now commonly used system or, or just like the, the way parades happen now, which is an, an automated show control program. Where, you know, in, in a streetlight kind of way, a parade, ro- a float rolls into an area, sensors catch it and trigger a new music cue to start. Right. Uh, which I don't I don't think had been done uh, up until so that there could be like a seamless music flow from section to so now the Pinocchio part is starting. Now the Snow White part is starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an innovation for this parade that they still have. I'm sure it's more Wi-Fi than radio signals. Uh, now but um yeah so there there was a lot of technology going around yeah yeah pretty cool um is now the point to talk about the song oh Oh. sure yeah sure um i mean it is certainly potentially a a final four that we could do of best theme park music yes and i don't want to spoil that but it's it seems very possible this could be if not number one, then then in the final four. Yeah, it's got a hard, hard competition with Blood on the Sand. Uh, <laughs> blood on the Sand from Country Bears. <laughs> <laughs> that's your favorite yeah, of all that's, the Country that's formidable. Bears. I mean, it's children's. Children tap their toes to that rousing number. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's also it's Blood on the Saddle. Uh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Is that the I mean, look who you're, title look who you're asking, Jason. I know, it's, I know, I but he says both, right? He says blood uh, in the sand and blood on the saddle. Oh, yeah, maybe it might be a lyric. Uh, it's, I've looked it up, and it's the blood on the saddle. It's blood on the saddle. That might, is the song. Uh, is there ever blood on the sand? All right, I got to look up lyrics now, sorry. Uh, blood oh, no. on the saddle lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, there was blood. I don't know. That's just like a pre-recorded track by Tex Ritter. That's interesting. And blood all around, and a great big puddle of blood on the ground. Oh, blood! Wait, I um, don't think there's sand. I don't uh, think you know what. The blood on the sand is the sequel to the first Fifty Cent video game. There was Fifty Cent 
the 50 oh, Cent you... G unit video game, Blood in the Sand was the sequel to that. You've confused 50 I've confused, Cent again for a Country it. Bears song. That I happens all the time. Oh, Jason, not again. I mixed up the G Unit video games and Country Bears again. You have to stop. So let's let's speak. Let's test you then. Who di- who did the song uh, P I M P? Fifty Cent or the Country Bears? Mm-hmm. Jason. I feel like that's the number Henry sings, right? <laughs> oh, oh it does sound like that. I don't blame you at all, but it is. I will have to say it is 50 Cent. No. God damn it. Lose it. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, it is. We, we, maybe we'll eventually do a, a final four with songs. I think I think Final Four is for sure Main Street Electrical Parade. Baroque Hoedown, of course, is the name of it, really. Baroque Hoedown, yes. Um, but I think and... also, I think Sinbad is in that Final Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. That's that's pretty formidable. Um, it's almost like, do you have to separate instrumentals and lyric songs? Hmm. On this... Do you have to make those different? Or, they, or the, those are the sides. Maybe this final four is like thirty-two competitors instead of sixteen. Oh yeah, and it goes over three episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. And right. we do it really soon because we're bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah, let's just let's expand. Why does it have to be sixteen? Um, yeah, the next final four will have one hundred and twenty-eight competitors. <laughs> <to start. laughs> um, from the instrumental conference, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> The the loop that plays inside the ice cream parlor on Main Street, on the Gibson Girl loop, <laughs> the droid rooms from Star Tours original. <laughs> uh, this is good. We should do this. Uh, yeah. Um, but yes, the very possible winner, uh, Baroque Hoedown, which I'm so excited to talk about because it is the synthesis of. Two great loves of mine, Disneyland and old synthesizer bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real chicken of the egg with me. Do I like this parade so much because it is so synthy, or do I like synth bullshit because of this parade? Is there any way to know? I don't know. I think it's all like so, as I said, I, I truly do remember hearing the first note and the vocoder as a three-year-old. So yeah. it feels like so tied into my psyche at this point. Right. Many, I mean, many classic movies I like had some sort of presence at MGM Studios. Like that was my exposure. And then I would go to video stores. And if I saw stuff, I would rent it. Or if I like, I would hunt it down because like, oh, yeah, Singing in the Rain. That's in MGM Studios a lot. I should watch that. And it's if you are a naturally preferred uh, desserts and treats that are shaped like Mickey Mouse. Mm. That's probably because of theme parks. That well, that's Pro- true. Yeah, Pro- probably. 
<laughs> could be from some others. So maybe just like three circles together. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I have so many of those things where you realize, yeah, decades after the fact, you're like, oh, wait, do I at the end of the day like this because of <laughs> because of Disney stuff when I was four years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The answer is so, probably usually yes. For with almost everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly why I like hotel lobbies and Muzak. And <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, do you know wonderful texture how hard do you go on knowing about the synths in the songs in the song excuse me um i don't i I certainly don't know what was uh played when i look at like i've seen a list of what uh was used on it i'm i'm no look i'm not actually a musician or a gearhead but i know when i see words like uh prophet five uh i know we're in (laughs) i know we're in a good territory uh i know what makes the sounds that i like uh and the list is pretty good it's a pretty robust list of like 12 uh, like great old analog synths that were used on this thing do you i I don't want to put you on the spot here do you have like a just a little bit of a vague like i know this is my favorite old synth Ooh. Um, I don't, I, I own a, uh, it, this is a pretty different area, but, uh, but I bought off a of Craigslist, a, a Wurlitzer electric, oh. uh, which is this great, like tan keyboard. That's what the carpenters played. Uh, it's on queen. Uh, you're my best friend. It's on, uh, it's, it's the super tramp. It's the logical song, uh, keyboard. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of different from, uh you know this like moog area but yeah that's that's one i'm especially fond of yeah that's good i i don't yeah. go i don't know the tech spec i don't know the stuff about since specifically i'm a i'm a fan of the sounds i have like logic on the computer which has you know hundreds of synth pads you can use for your midi keyboard Sure, um, sure. Oh, and we should say, I mean, the the certainly the theme song of of our show is very much inspired by yes. the Major Electrical Press. Yes, it is. Uh, it also, it's. I don't know. It was kind of an accident that when I was when I was putting the thing together, I realized the the song together. I realized that the opening and the drum is kind of like the opening to the uh, Disney sing along tapes. Yes, yes, well. yes, totally the rhythm. So it's a little bit of a combo of both of those things. Yeah, I yeah, I remember. Well, that's a little like connecting the dots. I, I feel like you know we, we'd put out like five of these things, and then maybe I realized, oh, you know what, that's kind of like. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool little nod you did. I'm not sure if even maybe even new listeners don't realize you did the theme song. That's not if we were a. Should we? Is that something we should say in every episode, like in that end screed? Um, <laughs> um, should we hmm. credit you for the song and Aaron, my wife, for the art? I mean, I don't know. We don't have to say it. I don't know. I, it's not like it's not like I'm seeing it attributed to like some sort of old composer on the internet or anything. <laughs> it's not being wrongly attributed. <laughs> it's not being attributed to these guys, to Perry Kingsley. Pod- <laughs> Podcast <laughs> the ride theme unknown, written by unknown. unknown. <laughs> Public domain. There's no way to know. It's a it's a Shakespeare situation. Yeah. Either it was one person or two hundred people. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you? I have. You know what? Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I was going to say, do you have the artist name of Baroque Hoedown? Because that was just yep. a song. That was not a Disney made song. That was like yes. a song they brought in seemingly or originally for inspiration, and we're like, well, let's just license this. And now, and at some point, they did buy it. Disney now owns Baroque Hoedown. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, that's interesting. But the person uh, who discovered it, I know, is Jack Wagner, often called the voice of Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah. 
This is an insane fact, if it's true. Although I think, I feel like I've seen different sources because I've yeah. seen that Baroque Hodown was maybe used in the electrical water pageants, uh, which maybe he found it for that too. But what, but certainly there's multiple Disney stories attributing it to this guy, Jack Wagner. They were, they were talking about what is the score of this parade? Is it Fantasia music? Uh, and then he said, it just doesn't fit. The, or- the orchestral doesn't work with this for me. It Maybe it's a weird keyboard thing. And I have records that are like this. And he went and found... This record by Jean-Jacques Perry and Gershon Kingsley, uh, and that became the score. But Jack Wagner, if you don't know, is the guy. I mean, he's mainly known for Remain Seated, Please, Permanecer Sentados, Por Favor. And he is, he's the vocoder voice at the beginning of the yeah. parade. He that, is the, like, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Advice and girls. Bonkers. So that got like the the texture this guy added to the park in general with his voice, but also that he picked this song and is the vocoder. What a what an MVP legend. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A literal Disney legend and uh, uh, probably a PTR legend too. Uh, Perry, um, you did say Perry and Kingsley was the original. Perry and Kingsley. So. Jean-Jacques Perry, Gershon Kingsley, uh, uh, th- uh, they, I mean, I, I found that uh, this was some connecting the dots that freaked me out in, in high school, realizing that because uh, they made this co- this really amazing record called The In Sound From Way Out, uh, which is a weird kooky record from 66 of uh, blippy bloopy keyboard music. Uh, that same title was and the cover were used by the Beastie Boys for an instrumental album. They like borrowed oh, or wow. stole whatever you want to call it. The same that that phrase, which is very cool. But this is from an album called uh, uh, Kaleidoscopic Vibrations. <laughs> uh, Gershon Kingsley also did a, a similar like early synth song called Popcorn, which you'd know it from the melody, which is that that feels like one of those songs like you know but you don't know where it's from unless you guys don't. Is it in Tetra? Don't they use it in Tetris or something? God, maybe. Am I wrong? Or it's like I'm not sure. Or am I thinking I don't know of where... a different song? I'll look it up. A uh, popcorn. I don't know song. where popcorn is is from, but it's definitely it's just one of those like ah, what what is that? That's some like 60s novelty thing and I don't know who made it. But it was one of these guys. I think I believe um, it's used in Tetris. Uh um, yes, Tetris, yeah. It's in Tetris, really? Uh, theme Tetris eating popcorn re- wait I think huh uh yeah Tetris popcorn wow. instrumental yeah oh jeez wow fuck uh um yeah so these guys like clearly like yeah like m- major figures in the history of synth music uh some of the first people ever to use a Moog synthesizer in any regard uh and what I love about all this stuff so much uh is that. I, I was I was trying to figure out like what's important about Moog uh, keyboards specifically, and you know a lot of it is like technical stuff that's kind of above my head. But I think the main thing is that early keyboards were trying to sound like other things. Like, can we get this you know electronic machine to sound like a piano or like an organ or like an orchestra or something? Like, I think the early keyboard stuff was like. How do we uh, make sure we never have to hire an orchestra again? Mm-hmm. Can we get a machine to sound like an orchestra? And uh, Robert Moog, with his early keyboards, said, what if it's not trying to sound like other things? What if we embrace the the artifice and the electronic nature? And it'll, they'll just be like these bizarre sounding things. They'll just sound totally kooky and weird. And Perry and Kingsley were two of the first musicians to say, that's great. Let's like twist all these dials and get bizarre sounds out of these machines, which is totally 
what the parade is. Like every little, every different little, here's the deep one, boop, 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 and here's, like, if you listen to their original recording, all that character is in there. Like, and it's just amazing how much, like, (laughs) it's indelible now. You, like, think of all these bugs and these little, like, kooky characters, and their soundtrack was, like, just, like, inherent in this unrelated song made in 67. Yeah, Yeah. that is very interesting how perfect that ends up being. I mean, I'm sure there's, obviously, there's a million different ways to, you know, make creative decisions, but it does feel... Like it was completely written for this. It fits perfectly. It feels like a parade. It right. feels completely like parade music already, even though that wasn't the purpose of it. And the original track is not that different from what they use in the parade. Like if you, yeah, they re-recorded it. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's pre- it's pretty right on. Like down to that like that opening drone and that real wild pitch bend, like boom. Uh, it's so great. It's so great. I, that's I think what I was saying was like that the bizarre character of those old keyboards is the parade too. It's like weird and janky and kooky and of its era, but that's what everybody loves about it. I don't know. This thing is like it's like the meteorological parade isn't inherently a retro thing. I don't think that's why people love it, but there's certainly that air to it. It's like it's like so part of the DNA, and I love that Disney has something that's so of its time in so many ways. Yeah, because it's not retro. It's also not like retro Disneyland in the way that your like opening day Disneyland stuff is. It's retro in the way we I think talk a lot about on the show what we like is like 70s and 80s retro Disney that like is the I mean and obviously you Scott you know what I'm talking about more than anyone but like the retro future <laughs> That's what it yeah. feels like. I mean, since since in general have such character to them, and and I think as a kid, whether you knew it or not, you were like thinking that this is the music of the future. This is suggesting <laughs> just hearing a synth is like you're thinking about like robots, and you're thinking about some crazy technological like society. Like, well, I got you couldn't. I probably couldn't articulate it at ten, but if I heard those noises and beeps, it was like, whoa, this feels like some crazy cool like 100 years from now it really yeah as a kid you cannot process what these sounds are yeah you like don't like i don't know what this is but it is different and i want to hear more of this and i'm sure this parade factors into the why like i i probably the vast majority of music i listen to has some synth component and i bet that's that's true for you to some extent too uh it's just i don't yeah i did the just the texture of these things there's uh, provide as cool as hell. I, I was working on something yesterday, and I was like, I should see what synths they have in Logic. And there, I, t- I was just saying, there's like hundreds, and I just go through each one and just like run my hands up and down the keyboard because it's so satisfying to hear these bizarre robot sounds that are are in there. It's like which it's when you calming. When you, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, just putting your hand on a key—how cool it feels instantly! Uh, and that's what the, the fact that these early synth guys were such like—they were combo musicians and scientists. Like they worked in yes. laboratories, literally. Uh, and some of the early ones, like it took an entire room to play it. And I think the Moog—what this stuff is played on—were some of the first keyboards that could actually you could pick up and take somewhere else. Uh, can- they weren't stuck in a laboratory. Yes, it really, it's honestly, it makes too much sense that these were scientists. 
because there's something like so beautifully artificial and clinical and scientific about the sound as well. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. It's like well, this kind of like it can be like a lot of them can be like kind of almost like cold, sterile sounds. But there's something there's something beautiful about that, too, isn't there? Well, and it's funny. It's still like I, does this ever not feel current? Like when we were in Orlando and I was staying at Universal, I was walking around like the the city walk and by the hotels, like after the parks had closed, but Horror Nights had started. And the soundtrack of Horror Nights in 2019 was all like synthy, like spooky. Like it, I found like a playlist. I don't know if it was official or not on Spotify. And it's all like a mix of weird horror music and like synthy, like club music and stuff. And I was just walking by. I was like, that sounds cool. Should I just, should I go in? Should you I should just, have gone in. I should have bought it dead. <laughs> but just standing outside, it's like, wow, that seems like a cool party. Yeah. It's like, I mean, obviously, like, I think everything comes back into, into vogue or whatever, but like Stranger Things has that very synthy, uh, synthy sound. We just yeah. watched Good Time. For the first time a couple of weeks oh, ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And obviously the Safties love this this synth. They love using it to make you feel just constant dread. But <laughs> they love... Well, like, I mean, like, it, yeah, it follows. Like, there's always, like, every year there's some new thing that feels like the future by using a lot of synths. Like, it'll never not be the future. This is what I'm saying. We always come back to this about Tomorrowland and Epcot. Like, just there's no new future. Right. It's still like it's it's still neon and synths. That will always be. It's like a future that will never come. Deep you don't neon have to worry blue. About it getting out of date. What's that? Deep neon blue. Always the future. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the, yeah. the color schemes of Tron Legacy had it correct. Probably the digital thing. Maybe one of the things that has aged the best in terms of like the look of the aughts and 2010s i can't remember the actual movie myself but just like that blow glowing uh greenish blue is like yeah that still works still yeah. like that yep. yeah and daft punk always feels like future music despite always nodding to 60s and 70s mm-hmm. synth music uh tron the music by wendy carlos who also did a lot of these early experimental like a a peer of gershon uh kingsley and jean-jacques perry with her switched on bach uh, uh records those were like also mi- a mix of experimental pl- or and also <laughs> fun and weird to listen to uh which that, that was yeah a lot of these early records were like what if we took classical music and played them through these weird keyboards and in fact the guy who ultimately played the Disney version, I believe Don Dorsey is his name. Um, the guy who, who made the new Baroque Hoedown for Disney in the 70s. He uh, also put out an album in the 80s called Bach Busters. <laughs> and it has a cover that is delightful to look up where a guy playing Bach is like uh, running somewhere or from something while holding a big keytar. Um, check out Bach Busters. <laughs> Do you have a keytar, Scott? No. Um, I, I only the uh, the one that came with Rock Band. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, uh, I do have a little. What do I have? It's is it a mini Moog? I forget. Uh, um, but uh, also interesting about all this that Jean Jacques Perry uh went to Disneyland in 1980. 
and saw the parade and this just started playing and he didn't know that his music was in the parade until that moment. Wow. It just started. Yeah. Bonkers. Like it was because it was run by the publishers. Disney didn't rip him off. He was making money from it. Right. Just, they just like never alerted him. So he's just in the park and hears that his notes start and it, uh, it freaks him out, but it made him very happy. And kind of um, never uh, stops. Cause I don't know if we've said yet, like the, this is the, backbone of the soundtrack of the parade and then as the radio cues like as the floats cue the different music cues like electric versions of like Alice in Wonderland or and and the other songs kind of play on top of this were like mixed that into it. That is a it. really bonkers thing about it that it was this other this track that Disney didn't make and yet it was the base that all of their melodies go on top of. The fact that it worked as like a starting point and now we'll do all the classic Disney songs and that they all fit. It's never like anachronistic. It's so crazy. And probably helped make them a little more current at the time, like bring them back into people's minds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were re-releasing those movies every other month still, but, uh, you know. Very Merry on Birthday is probably my favorite within that. <laughs> it's such a, it fits so perfectly in that particular variety of, like, uh, weird deep... That that one fits the best for me. That, that might be my favorite mm. little musical stint. That's probably right, because, like, the movie is a nightmare. <laughs> or like a uh, yeah, it's already surreal, yeah, odd and psychedelic surreal i should say it's psychedelic more than a nightmare i mean the movie is a nightmare but that's not what we like about unbirthday <laughs> sure sure uh, um maybe it's time to start you know we should maybe start talking about sections of the parade and floats and stuff but, but just real quick before in the music section i one thing i think is awesome uh jean-jacques perry gershon kingsley were both born in the 1920s but they only died pretty recently like perry died in uh, uh 2016 kingsley died last year these guys made it so wow. long uh and when john jack perry died a relative said uh no one should be sad there's nothing he would want more than for his fans to be playing his crazy funny catchy moog music and smiling instead of being sad he was the happiest guy so listen to his music and smile he seems like the coolest wow, dude. that's nice. And this, you can watch footage of him not from not that long ago at the Knitting Factory playing Baroque Hoedown. Wow. Audience goes bonkers. Wow. Like, <laughs> watching him actually play the complicated parts of it. Uh, so cool. These guys are great. Made me very happy to talk about these guys. Yeah. Did you ever think about, did you know you could see him live? Did you ever think about it? Oh, I don't, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wasn't out. on my radar. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, uh, nor have I. I've made no effort to see uh, Marauder. Probably the uh, the biggest, uh, you know, the the most looming. I to quote my own thing, Lord of Synth. Uh, I was going to say, should we, there and, can we plug Lords of Synth? Can somebody watch that? Scott made a, a very funny. Was oh, it a short? I guess you'd call it. Adult Swim special. It was a 4 a.m. Special. special. Yes. If you're interested in uh, uh, synth and lords and uh, synth patchwork and that kind of thing, please check out Lords of Synth. It's one of my favorite things I've ever been part of. Uh, many past guests of the show are uh, part of it, too. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Perry and Kingsley not reflected in it. But, uh, uh, yeah, hey, it was it was so fun. I still can't believe it happened. Uh, where is it available? 
just on YouTube for free. Oh, okay. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah. All, it's one of the, it's, uh, it's funny how that works out where like so many people have told me they like Lords of Synth because they uh, saw it because they got to see it. It was it's not available. behind some weird paywall. So yeah, go to YouTube. Look up Lords of Synth. I'm very proud of it. Um, yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's get back to the actual, I guess, parade. Yeah, yeah. What are what part? What parts do we like? What uh, what's what are what are highlights in your your guys' mind? I mean, they're all kind of highlights. I always think about like Goofy sitting on one of those balls. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Uh, that comes to mind. I mean, the I think the kings are the two turtles: the hat turtle, glasses turtle. Like I was trying to figure out if they have names, and I think via eBay, at least if the eBay listings for like models of them you can get are accurate then i think their names are lightning bug and twinkling turtle wonderful wow twinkling mm-hmm. turtle i have the twinkling of course turtle. i have the park star turtle oh that's great yeah i have that one look at that um that's wow that's a that's a top-notch park star that i guess is twinkling turtle that is twinkling turtle yes i have twinkling and he's turtle. in a tie that's there's maybe a disconnect for me that he's yeah. wearing a tie in the parade i didn't know he was wearing a tie until i got the toy He's wearing a that tie. Rules. The one's got a jaunty hat. Uh, I like the snails too. Both the snails are great. Yeah, snails and ladybug. And if you had to pick something to do in this parade, uh, uh, it would be hard to resist uh, driving one of these things around. Oh yeah, oh, that would be spinning. So goddamn cool, spinning that thing. Uh, are you kidding me? I would yeah. have a ball spinning that turtle. I was thinking in the way that. Uh, these are de- this. The music's done on weird janky synthesizers. The parade is chicken wire and chaos. And the the way the fact that these there's such a human element to the way those things move around and spin around. It is um you know it it's not like perfect motion controlled rise of the resistance. It's weird and wonky, and you can see the like antenna, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, shake back and forth, and you can imagine one of them driving into the crowd if they weren't careful. Oh, yeah. I think about that uh, every time. (laughs) It's not that everything in theme parks has to be janky like these things are. I just love that there's both. I love that there's, like, the highest technology and, uh, you know, weird rickety technology, too. There's a human element to the turtle spinning, like, flailing wildly in a seemingly dangerous way. And it would be so fun. All right, not to hit people, but if you lined up a bunch of, like, dummies... A bunch of crash crash test dummies along Main Street, and then just got to like plow through a row of twenty of oh, them. Oh, just nail them! Yeah, yeah, very oh, satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> like or giant um, bowling pins. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Right in the middle of Main Street. Oh and yeah. Knocking them down. See if you seeing if you can get them all <laughs> with that initial impact. Right. Um, Hell yeah! I was gonna say I love the when Dopey is driving the mine cart with the diamonds or the jewels, I should say. Uh, uh, yeah. Th- that, that is a child, of course, the jewels and, and snow white. And they, they perfectly uh, made them as attractive as they were in the new uh, mine cart coaster. And, and I say new, it's five years old, but the newish <laughs> mine cart coaster. And when you see those jewels, when you see those rubies and sapphires, I, you know, that's a nostalgic thing for me gotta give it up for the um fancy mice the waltzing mice that are all electrified 
uh, yeah, Cheshire. This, this might be one of the top uses of the fancy Cinderella mice, which, which my wife Erin loves very much. I don't know what it. I never asked her to explain what it is exactly. I, I, they, they, their heads are just so giant, and they look so stupid. They just look like such daft characters, but in a little tricorner hat. It's like they're trying so hard. It's like Homer putting on a tie uh, to to be mildly impressive at work. <laughs> that's that's how it feels. Like these dumb creatures are trying to look I dressed up. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a good job. <laughs> uh, about dressing up, I was noticing when I was watching the video that like the seven dwarves have on like gold pants. Or like so, like shiny pants. Like Happy has gold pants, and then like one of them just has like maybe purple pants, but they're shiny. They're like dressed like the Rolling Stones or something. Like they're <laughs> like they're like aging rocker kind of cool leather pants that are colorful, uh, which I really like. It's like I don't know that it reads so well to people. Like I don't know that you could tell necessarily, but maybe maybe it's something you subconsciously realize that Happy's pants are are gold. Yeah, and it's sort of like refracting light right. in some way. You're you're noticing it in some regard. The uh, uh, we you know we should we should talk about the costumes. The fact that all these costumes are electrified and how insane that must have been in the 70s. It did light people on fire the first time they tried it, but uh, not so much anymore. And I it's it's very complicated with like do there I think there's battery packs like in wigs often. Yeah, that's that's where they're hiding things. <laughs> a battery pack and a wig. Uh yeah, so cool. it's very cool. Uh, some of oh, very Liberace is what it is. <laughs> Liberace must have loved the Main Street Electrical Parade. I hope he got to see it. Oh my god, there'd be no <laughs> better audience. Oh my gosh, he would have been deli- like if he ever like could just like have joined the parade on one of the floats and played piano on top. <laughs> that might be the greatest uh, thing I'd ever seen. Like this one, uh, like this big mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like the big mouth. The Vague Pleasure Island, that's gone, I think, from recent versions. Is that right? Is that, or is that still there? That's there, isn't it? I saw it. I watched a video of them um, building it in one of the side, like re- like rebuilding it and rebulbing it uh, in one of the like former parking lots at California Adventure, like what's probably Cars Land now. They were like the parking lot was clear and they're like putting, you know, they're putting the thing back together. It's kind of fascinating footage i think it was a martin's vids but i know that face was in that so it was at least still around in the it's i'm looking i'm looking at it in 2017 and the face is there oh all right (laughs) some (laughs) stuff has come Um, and gone though right like there was rescuers stuff i think at some point i didn't see that i believe it thought that makes sense yeah there's a on the pinocchio front there was a big underwater section so there was more pinocchio uh, which includes when you wish upon a star as the score, which I forget if the other part had that. Um, but there's a bunch of seahorses. There's a huge monstro that's spouting, and Geppetto's boat is in its mouth. Uh, and he and Geppetto's there, like he's about to get eaten, or like he's just getting spit out. I don't know what moment we're seeing. Um, but it was it was really cool. Like I can only find it on old grainy uh, video. But it was I don't know I don't know why they took this one out. It's super cool. Yeah, there's a lot of, I, it's like, I'm interested in, yeah, if there's like some sort of resource that we're missing that has like every single little change uh, in all the different versions. I mean, there there's, is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of documentation of it, but. Yeah, the Disney fandom, it has a full list of floats. I don't know what was running at any given time. And obviously, internationally, they, uh, 
do not have the to honor America <laughs> section. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, to honor America. Yeah, very interesting. That's that's a very of its era thing, too. It, it wasn't there for the bicentennial. It was a couple years late, but it still feels like it was part of bicentennial mania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's 77. It seems like it got an uh, or 77 when it debuted. I have 77 as an important year and 84 as an important year. I think a lot of what we think of the parade as comes from 84. 77 was the opening, excuse me. So much so, supposedly, that I I read that, um, you know, as fond as we are of it, like some of what we, a lot of what we love might be from those years that, that you said and those refurbishments because... Disney apparently likes to keep photos of the original on lockdown. Like it looked so bad in the early seventies. It must have been like the you know the weird first season of Mystery Science Theater where the robots are falling apart. It's not like the the, the still janky but charming version we know. Mm-hmm. I think like Disney does not want you to know how bad it was in seventy two. Yes, they want. I mean, because with any of this stuff, with any of the Disney stuff, like. What happens is, is that your brain remembers the newest version of it. Yeah. So it's like, unless something was drastically different, like in my mind, I saw this version forever. This is the, like the new version, the newish version, which, which I haven't seen. I guess we saw Scott and I, we went to see it in 2017. Those are one of the best Disneyland visits. So what a what a, what a great one! Yeah, we went to Blue Bayou because we had to buy the pig package, and then like you got a prime viewing spot for the new par- the new viewing of the parade, uh, and a Blue Bayou dessert of uh, one of the bugs. Oh, oh yeah, I fun. totally forgot about that. I have probably have a photo of that somewhere. Um, yep, yep. Which which we ate while in the wind. Somebody checked their phone and said La La Land won the Oscar tonight. Yes, we, we had that dessert in the window where it was not yet clear that it, it ended up being moonlight, and had watched the Oscars in the great moments with Mr. Lincoln for a few uh, awards, I believe. Right, that's the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a fine ABC uh, production, so they <laughs> some great cross company synergy. So, watching the Oscars in the Lincoln Theater, so so great. I God, they got to do that kind of thing more. Can we just like, can we just watch? Uh, you know, what would you do? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yes. We watch Bachelor in Paradise from uh, from the Lincoln. Theater. Shutting down, uh, yeah, shutting down the Lincoln Theater early to watch like All in the Family live. <laughs> <laughs> My only complaint about it was that they should have like lifted up the screen to see Lincoln once in a while while we were watching. He should have watched along and nodded and laughed and right. uh, made catty comments about what the uh, what the celebrities were wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they like in between instead of showing. Uh, us- I was I was just gonna say yeah, you know Joan Rivers style uh, uh, snipping and sniping. Of course, yeah. I was gonna say instead of commercials, they should have just played two brothers <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> Just instead, we queued, We got it queued up for you. We know what you like. It's uh, <laughs> just just the highlights here. Yeah, um, but Abe, yeah, I don't think Abe has it queued up and uses it to play off people whose speeches are too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two brothers should be. There's probably some commercial campaign that is begging to use two brothers like one of these what's the there's some commercial about where like the different uh uh the the kit kat factory and like the 
Um, the brothers split into different uh, left, lefts and rights. Oh, uh, left Twix, right Twix. Yeah. Oh, it's Twix. It's not. Oh, okay. Hmm. No, Kit Kat yeah, is a, a strong, strong bond. You need all of those, all of those wafers. <laughs> a Kit Kat is a um, strong bond. Kit Kat is a strong bond. <laughs> me, me, familia, salute. <laughs> or maybe it should be like Coke or Pepsi should buy it and imply that the other that their competitor is the confederacy of sodas so pepsi is blue uh, so coke (laughs) would be mm. (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not sure the uh, i gotta chart the math on this but it's it's dying it's you could change the colors yeah any product that doesn't have a catchy jingle right now, uh, Two Brothers is sitting right there waiting for you to grab it. Looking at you, LaCroix. Maybe, honestly, maybe <laughs> there is a synth version of Two Brothers that could be made. Like a new... Well, that's the, yeah, hmm. Yeah, maybe they, yeah, they, they got to appeal to the, you know, all the, the hardcore American adventure fans out there. Um, and th- yeah, they, they, they should do at, in the middle of to honor America, a civil war, uh, section where, with lit up electric versions of the family. And then the brother who dies goes dark. Oh like yeah. The dragon. Yes. They should. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about mashups before. They should start mashing up Disney properties like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's like you're going from ding 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 and then ding 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 right and then Ben Franklin and Mark Twain could be wearing gold pants and they shake hands and then spark yes that would be really great spark of American brotherhood. Um, I, uh, um, I was saying about to honor America, um, I mean, it's like, I, I don't mind that it's fun, but what I didn't realize is that before that, the finale of this parade was a huge section with, um, where characters were in like, I, I, I gotta describe them as like crystals, essentially. It was like... Uh, uh, like glass rectangle. It was it, it was a mix of like glass and mirrors, and the characters were done in neon, and they spun. I got to show you guys this if you haven't seen. I, I found like a really crappy old video of it. Um, it was like, it, I mean, it looked like Logan's Run or Xanadu or something. Like I, it made me so mad that that's not the finale anymore it was like this the sleaziest vegas mirror on the ceiling vibe um <laughs> that I, it was like a truly amazing finale before um it was like yeah real real grimy and cokey i i, I loved it mm, so yeah that's, that's great a, <laughs> that's like that sounds bad i mean bad in a, <laughs> like a bad in a good way sometimes it's good sometimes it feels good to be bad though <laughs> It it looked to me like the only the silhouette that I remember seeing was was Pinocchio. So seeing like a neon silhouette of Pinocchio in a revolving mirrored cube, and it felt like what would be at the entrance if Pinocchio opened a strip club, <laughs> which he could have. I mean, he was on the uh, yeah. Pleasure Island. If he had liked Pleasure Island yeah. more, you could see him opening up a strip club for sure. 
He might have planted the seed. If he didn't quite learn his lesson, yeah, he might have opened um, a rural Italy's <laughs> hottest strip club. Um, it could have gone. He could have gone. turned. In, he could have turned into like a. He could have turned into a whole like uh, wooden Bob Guccione type. <laughs> well, if uh, you know, if it was him doing the stripping. Uh, like if he, you know, now that he's real, he grows up, gets buff. He's like Chippendale style. And the club is called Real Boys. <laughs> mm, <mm-mm>. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> you, you choked on that idea. It's just a name. They're all of age. The only Jason. strip club. They're all of age. I'm sorry. I I was joking on how much money we're going to make on that idea. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. we're doing it? Yeah. We're making it now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what? I mean, we, we've... We've already got to make the um, two brothers Burrow Codown mash. We are known. You know what? I'd like to officially, formally uh, suggest that the listeners stop calling us good boys and start calling us real boys. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Now now my choking has started. (laughs) (laughs) Because we keep it real here on podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. We're the the real boys. The real boys. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's it. Oh, oh no! Now I'm now I'm upset. I brought up the yeah, it's your uh, fault. <laughs> the revolving mirror cube. It's your fault. Am I gonna just let it die? Unlike Peter uh, Pan, these boys are all grown up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> worse, worse, but it's good. Worse, but it's good. <laughs> worse, but it's good. Sometimes, sometimes it's 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 good to be worse. <laughs> Uh, um, as we also talk about uh, lost floats did you guys catch the 1985 and 1985 only uh, film tie-in float oh oh um i saw uh no tell me just because i'm gonna i have i have so many tabs open is 85 uh, the great mouse detective um, that is the year, but not the flow. Okay. Um, it's real. It's we. You'd never think of it. Return to Oz. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss. I missed. There this. was a return. Whoa, it was a return whoa, whoa, to whoa, whoa, Oz whoa, whoa. How did I miss this? Look up pictures. Look up pictures. Wow. It's bonkers. I am very excited about this. I can't believe I didn't see this. Whoa. It's uh it's similar in it's it's not unlike the I think mirrors were also deployed in the, I don't know why they aren't using mirrors more often. Um wow. it it looks it looks pretty good. Um yeah. and also very like casino sleazy Biff Tannen's Pleasure Palace. It really does, yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is not that far off from some of the original MGM Grand um Oz stuff, I feel like. Well, do you? Yeah, it's a lot like that. Absolutely. Did you read about the incident? The incident. Over- oh, is that on some? Is is, uh, is it is, is it written in a way that is sort of uh, <laughs> weird and misspelled? Well, I'll read it. You know, I haven't proofread it. I'm just going to read this sentence. I'm not going to look at it again. Here, uh, we'll see what it is. Okay. The float. We're talking about Return to Oz float. The float barely lasted a single summer as the reflective mirrors suffered this float's fate. As it caught fire and was completely destroyed. <laughs> That's uh, better written than what I read. What I read, I didn't believe because it was so typo. So, so the you're saying that the 
the lights like refracted around the mirrors and it caused the thing to overheat it's, or it sounds like it was cursed some glare that it sounds like there was a curse or something it burned wow. itself down for the insurance that's, money <laughs> that's what i'm getting at yeah <laughs> i uh were there char- were there characters from the movie walking around do we have any they were on the float. There was a Dorothy, and there was a guy here. If you Google Google image Main Street Electrical Parade Return to Oz, you'll see it. Um, there's that the the pumpkin head guy. I don't know who that Jack is. Jack Pumpkinhead. One of Jack Pumpkinhead. I believe that's his name. Uh, um, and oh, I see. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm watching Dorothy. it now. Dorothy is holding a chicken. Huh? Is it a real chicken? Is it a fake chicken? I cannot tell from these videos. There's a decent video of it. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking for TikTok, but TikTok is my favorite character from Return to Oz. Uh, he was sort of the round, like copper. I assume copper ro- uh, robot guy. Do you know him? Do you know what I'm talking about? I have never seen this film. Really? I'm still too childhood scared of this film. I oh, never we seen got it. We got to do it. I Especially haven't seen it either. Okay. In okay. quarantine, we got to do it. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it on God, Disney we're Plus? Trapped. I believe so. Okay. It looks like it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm scared of it now. You should I'm be. I'm currently scared while looking at it. You should be scared and of I, it. There's a ton of Oz books. Like, these are not characters made out of whole cloth, I believe. Like, these are from the, the bomb Yeah, yeah. Books. Those are from the books. Yeah. yeah. I think in some ways Return to Oz is a little more like the books than the the uh, Judy Garland version. I think so. I always hate that. Whenever anything is, quote, more like the books, I always think it's worse. <laughs> I believe well, Case not, in point, Willy Wonka. I'm not From saying, what I know, Jack Pumpkinhead plays a big part in the continuing books. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying oh, Return no. to Oz is better than the classic Wizard of Oz. I'm just saying. Sure. It's like more. It's interesting because it's more like. Uh, uh, horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sh- yeah. Well, I'd like to think that um, in my mid thirties, I would not watch this film and be scared. But maybe I think I work. I think maybe I'm gonna try to get Lindsay to watch it tonight with me. We've watched it. We watched I'm it getting, about eight uh, or nine years ago. I think. Oof! I'm getting a real my my, uh, my never ending story. Uh, Genes are, uh, are are getting lit up here. I'm, I my never ending story phobia is kicking in. I look. I feel like I know exactly what you're saying, and I think there's a sense you'll mm-hmm. get a sense of accomplishment though when you do it because I've been trying to do that here and there with other movies. I've I the scariest one, of course, being Hellraiser. <laughs> oh yes, of course. Where I watched Hellraiser because I was like, you know, you'd see the VHS uh, copy of it sitting at Blockbuster and just go. Never, never. How? Why? <laughs> Why would I do it? Who likes it? Why? And then I was like, you know what? Let's try it. And yeah, there's some interesting stuff in it. It's a lot of like hooks going through skin. <laughs> I don't necessarily need to see hooks going through skin, but the Return to Oz is so much less gross than that. It's but the, there is one think, thing um, that is so traumatic in my mind about Return to Oz that I think you oh, might know. No. You might know. It's not going to be that traumatic, though, for you now. But as a kid, uh, as a kid, I saw it. That's why it's traumatic for me. 
I'm looking at pictures of the Gnome King, and I don't like this guy at all. You're not going to like a lot of the characters. <laughs> I, I really think I'm going to hate all of the characters. Uh, I think uh, 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 Griffin Newman and uh, on Blank Check, I, I think, nodded to this when they were talking about Silence of the Lambs. But I, th- in my head, it's just that 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 one poster of Silence of the Lambs where the there's the like. The moth is on her mouth. Yes. Like, I think I thought it was Hellraiser. I think I thought it was, like, a movie about a villain who, like, puts a moth on your mouth, who (laughs) changes your (laughs) mouth into a moth. (laughs) Or the, or the, I I didn't know what it was when I was six. So maybe I thought Jodie Foster was, like, some kind of moth queen. Well, she'd spit moths at you. I think that's, because I think maybe I thought it was, like, the fly. Oh, yeah. Because I had seen, because my friend Luke would, his parents let him watch R-rated movies. And my, it was not like I was like forbidden from it, but we just never saw it. So I thought that I couldn't see R-rated movies. So I didn't really see R-rated movies until I was in my like mid-teens. Sure. So they felt like, they Um, felt like truly I would, I might like, I might die if I see an R-rated movie before I was ready. I th- yeah I think I thought every one of these movies if you put it on would just be like plotless and it's just like people getting like whipped and tortured and torn apart on a rack for 90 straight minutes well now there's no stories there's yes. no characters it's just ah! yes from what I know similar. of of Hellraiser there is a lot of that right I mean you go oh, beyond yeah, the yeah. world Hellraiser of Hellraiser is a lot of pleasure weird and pain stuff. there's a lot of uh, again close-ups of skin with a hook going through it and like tearing the skin <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, this is actually closer to what I maybe thought it was than some of the other movies where I went, Oh, this is fine. This isn't that bad, but Hellraiser is pretty intense, mm-hmm. but not yeah. without some interesting, uh, not without some interesting things in it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's time. Let's face our fears. You watched the scariest movie Hellraiser. I'll watch the scariest movie returned on, <laughs> which is rated PG. I think. <laughs> Bullshit. I hate this rating. It's I too think scary. It's PG. Too scary for 34 year olds. Yeah. Uh, uh, um here let's get back on the ground of some here let's let's go to the opposite of uh, uh let's go back, go way more pleasant than this. Uh our 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 pal the dragon. Our yes. pal I have to make sure to say Elliot the dragon, not it's one of those Frankenstein things. I think I still, even though the title is Pete's Dragon, I still look at him and I think, oh, look, there's Pete. I also and I know yeah, that's not right. I also think that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like truly special to me in a way I can't further explain than I already did. I just, tr- I really remember seeing this for when I was three years old and boy, it just, it made my heart glow. I could not be more earnest in my affection for this thing and I, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Yeah, I don't know. I know I have never seen the original Pete's Dragon, which might be blasphemous, and it's not because I was scared of it or anything. I just have never seen it. Um, but that dragon does feel like I saw it and have some sort of attachment to it from childhood. Very easy to mix up in my mind with Sword in the Stone. Sure. Pete's Dragon Sim- and Sword of the Stone. Similar, yeah. Well... I mean, it's well, from like the, the era, design, but then one is live action and one is uh, all animated, right? But you could, uh, uh, yeah, all those from the, around that era, I can kind of mix uh, mix up a lot of things. Yeah, um, that's what was that within a uh, few years, or am I wrong? 
they're a little they're a little far apart that's like 60s and 70s i think mm. um i'm not sh- i'm curious if people think pete's dragon is good i haven't revisited it in a while i think i may have just liked it because it was around it might have been one of those yeah um well the character uh, is so cute and friendly looking it's like well and i may, as with all just like you know my any star wars affection i have comes from the ride first i li- i think i like pete's dragon because he's in this parade yeah that's yeah. i could see that that makes a lot of sense it might be better not to watch pete's dragon you know just like have your perfect memory <laughs> of this dragon is the one from the parade and he'll never go yeah. it'll never go away cuz the parade is going to apparently come back for the rest of time like they'll never they brought it back last year when the attendance was sluggish at Disneyland because of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, um, I people lose it. I mean, uh, I definitely have fallen for it too. It's like, oh, the, the electrical parade's back. Like, how many times have they done this and I still fall for this crap? <laughs> yes, it's still and I yeah, but the, yeah, when uh, Mike when we went with Aaron and Lindsay, I felt this like just, just like that that glow that comes from that opening note in the Voca, and and then you start seeing them. Look, there they are. It's uh, I, yeah, I I don't know. Even if it is uh, like a crass marketing move, uh, yeah, it still triggers something that is very pure. Um, it's but yeah, they do it a lot. They definitely do it a lot. So I'm just saying, yeah, you'll be able to see this dragon. Uh, forever i think <laughs> uh yeah um i'd i'd like to say that when they brought it back this most recent time a couple years ago um i'll go out on a limb and say that commercial that they made in the warehouse where all of the characters live like like the room of disney magic that you have in your heart mm-hmm. and the girl puts the last bulb on it i think that might be the best disneyland commercial that there has ever been yeah, uh, it's up there. Like it's up there with like that original Space Mountain commercial. Oh hell, ooh, which wait. is such a <laughs> <laughs> that, Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for reminding me. All yeah. right, the number two. Well, maybe. if it was a final four of Disneyland commercials, it would absolutely be in the final four. I think that's not a bad idea. That's yeah. not a bad. Yeah. We haven't thought about um, that yet. I don't think. Yeah, there's that Disneyland yeah. Paris one with Donald running around with real ducks. Like, that's very cute. <laughs> that is cute. I do like that. A lot that. of different song eras. I'm going to Disneyland. There's like, they've gone in and out of it. There's all the athlete things. Oh, you uh, you guys had that Super too? Bowl. They sang I'm going to Disney World in the marketing material. Yeah. I saw. I didn't realize they recorded both versions of it. They did both. Yeah. Both coasts. <laughs> they tricked us. Um, I don't know. I, that, yeah. that ad though, I, I really, I think they nailed it. I, I like, like when, when all the floats are leaving, like heading into the park with this uh, glorious pink sky, that really is like the ideal Disneyland. We all, uh, you know, we, we all imagine is there uh, as opposed to just like, yeah, it's a boring like warehouse back there. It's uh, they did such a great, it's what you want it to be backstage, you know? Yeah. yeah the close, like the closest to that, I've probably talked about it on the show before. It was the maybe 2015 D 23 where they had this Imagineering exhibit and it was, it felt like that. It felt like you just walked through the warehouse and it was like it had the big like it had the big weird uh, Ben Fr- is it Ben Franklin float from that that's weird seventies parade. Do you know what I'm talking? Oh, about? oh, right, right, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, like, yeah. American parade or something. Yeah, I forget the name of it. Um, but it with had, the like, big you know, sandwich. 
Yes, I yes with the best sandwich. Wasn't a big sandwich. Oh yeah, now you have my attention. Uh, Rex, like the full <laughs> the full size Rex, the like ride vehicles. That felt like walking through. I mean, I, the commercial came after that, but then I was like, oh yeah, that kind of reminded me of that exhibit at D twenty three, which they had never. The next year it was like, or the you know two years after when they did the next one in twenty seventeen, it was like Pirates of the Caribbean only, and it was like half of the movie stuff. And you were like, yeah, I don't know if this is quite as good as two years ago. Two years ago, I was so thrilled. There two years before that, I mean, I was so thrilled to walk through all that stuff. And then I was like, well, it's cool to see like some of the ride vehicles and some of the pirate robots, but I don't necessarily need to see Barbosa's jacket. <laughs> you don't want to see the headband that Keith Richards wore when he just shows up on screen for 30 seconds. Uh, I, yeah, I was not as thrilled to see that as I would have been to see some other like country bear busts or robots. No. <laughs> um, I so th- they th- this first went away uh, in 1996 in a very confusing way. I don't really still don't really understand why they took it away, but it was a big disaster and they replaced it with this thing, Light Magic. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast red. We'll explain Light Magic. Um, it was a, so much emotion in it disappearing, but but like, why? There was like, a, it felt like an absolutely arbitrary event to get rid of it that completely backfired because now they've just been plugging it in to like fix, you know, attendance problems mm-hmm. ever since. Yes. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I... I I would imagine that, like, the people in charge, probably because of the janky nature of it, especially when it, like, when it started, the the nostalgia obviously wasn't there because it was new. So I would imagine that maybe the people in charge and the people who were making it, this is a guess, but were like, all they saw was were the flaws of it. All they saw were like, oh, yeah, this looks like shit. Like, we got to make a much better version. Whereas, like, people that came to the park were like, this is great. We really like this, and it's lasted for whatever reason, you know, for so many years. And I, th- yeah, they—I don't think they realize it's—it's it's because of what they were regarding as as crappy or, or tossed together. Um, it's just—it's the character of uh, of what it is. Some things are meant to be super high tech, and some things are charmingly low tech, and that—that's what this thing is. Yeah. Um, I- and boy, did it backfire, as we'll explain, because what they put in was supposed to now here we here's a real parade and everyone hated it instantly. <laughs> I hate it. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I have to give them credit. I mean, the, the farewell season marketing like this billboard. Uh, now it's time to say goodbye. OK, I get that. You know, Mickey Mouse Club reference. Um, the farewell season logo like I, I get trying to drum up business. This one with the two snails and the text, we can't glow on like this, is the grimmest (laughs) thing I've ever seen because they're smiling like they're smiling it's saying we can't glow on like this that is they're cracking that is so upsetting it's a it's a forced smile they're jokers they've been joker it's it's a demented smile the bugs are joker fied joker fied they they can't go on like this oh yeah that's really morbid wow (laughs) 
Good find. Yeah, that is. Oh my god, what a nightmare. Yeah, Um, (laughs) we can't glow on like this. Like it's it's funny. Like you know how they say Wolverine when he uh, pops his claws out, it hurt, and he says this is famously in the first X Men movie. It hurts every time. Maybe these characters are just in pain doing this parade. No, no, Michael, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the the lights are just like it's really like hurting them. They're all kind of sentient floats. And they're just in constant pain. They're dizzy. They're overheated. And they just need to be put out to pasture. The light is their blood. It's supposed to be inside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're leaking. Yeah, they're leaking. They're going to run out. They need transfusions. The original original Imagineers gave them consciousness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Walt was working on consciousness for the robots before he passed away and then they finally perfected they half perfected it in the 70s and the floats had the early version of the consciousness but they could also feel pain I, I have to say a the, I'll get into it over on the second gate there is a, a, a pre-light magic pitch of what the, the new parade was maybe going to be that isn't that far from characters who are whose consciousness is light <laughs> there is one of the creepiest worst ideas i've ever heard mm. and we'll i'll tease it for for over there yeah um it's... i it's it gets it gets grim um but of course the the parade you know kept going kept reappearing and but pretty quickly in fact it, what, it was 96 it went away it reared its head in 1997 in one of the strangest events disney ever did where it transformed, it got a new name as it ran through Times Square in New York City and was called the Hercules Electrical Parade. Yes. (laughs) Zero to hero, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I this is so bizarre. Uh, they did they did a whole deeply expensive weekend uh, uh, in New York City um, promoting... Uh, the release of Hercules uh, several years prior, having done a like ginormous screening of Pocahontas in Central Park. Um, so it was kind of a sequel to that, um, like a slightly less pleasant films with uh, huge New York events that get in New Yorkers way and make them mad. <laughs> uh, we got to do it again. I don't I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, but I don't understand why they used that parade like hercules is a movie wasn't this like neon light synth movie not really no uh they also <laughs> made original hercules floats that they never used again like this right. for one night for one for night one night this horrifying <laughs> representation of hades which i'm assuming is what the inside of james woods's <laughs> rotting brain looks like now um <laughs> But, like, yeah, they did, from what I was reading, they did this in 1977 for the Pete's Dragon premiere. Oh, in New York? Yeah, Pete's Dragon premiered at Radio City Music Hall, and they did some sort of, whether it was the electrical parade, but they they did a similar event for that as well. Less well documented. Whoa. Um... That's crazy, and I also found another strange uh, outside of its natural habitat. Although, you know what? I'm realizing, I think they made a big deal out of this thing, and they said 
this is the first time the Main Street Electrical Parade has been performed outside of Disneyland, and that's it's bullshit. If that if there was a, another New York one, then that that's one. And then I found another one, which is it was the halftime show of the 1978 Orange Bowl. <laughs> Which I think is in Florida, unless I'm, I, I might be confused. You're right. Yeah. Moves, but I think it, it's Florida. Uh, um, and uh, it's find this video. Uh, uh, so it's it's really strange. I mean, like the floats go through, but the floats are obviously still extremely small in a football stadium. So what it mostly becomes is people with like big electric umbrellas or something kind of like making shapes, just like walking around in circles. And it only makes sense if you're in a helicopter point of view. It's, it's insanely boring. (laughs) It was a pretty bad idea of a halftime show. And then they bring out Pete and Elliot and Pete keeps, they, they give him dialogue. He keeps saying like, wow, Elliot, the orange bowl. And he goes, (laughs) <laughs> wow, I've never seen so many people. <laughs> and just that <laughs> in, infinitely really strange. Um, so it's a mixed bag, seemingly, the non-Disneyland performances. Did, um, did you catch the detail about the Times Square turning off the lights for this? Did you catch? Yes, yes. Go here, go ahead. This though. corporate, I, I forget where I pulled this from. Um, but So they got... Disney ran the electrical parade through Times Square and they got most of the businesses to turn their lights off so that the parade could light up nicely. All but one, all the businesses complied with the exception of Warner Brothers, who had a Warner Brothers retail store at the crossroads of 42nd Street and Broadway. (laughs) The lights eventually did go out at the Warner Brothers studio store when the chain went out of business shortly after that. <laughs> so I don't know what to, fuck you, man. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> People lost their job. That's not a... The newspaper writer humor in the 90s was rough but, stuff. Like, very bad. <laughs> but maybe someone was like, the light, while well, someone was trying to, like, fill in uh, the coloring book screen of, like, a picture of Taz... Like maybe they needed to do that. That's my memory yeah. of the Warner Brothers stores, where you you were like coloring digital coloring books on screens. We uh we got to do the full Warner Brothers Studio Store episode because did I share these with you or was I saving it for the idea of doing this? That I found a bunch of um internal use <laughs> music videos made by people from different. Warner Brothers Studio Store franchises. There was like a music video contest for an award show where like they all got together and like did a like a medley of Grease songs, but changed the lyrics to be about like stocking shelves and like, but we're out of Taz dolls. (laughs) Wow. um, You you told us about the award show. I don't know that I dug down into it enough to see the music videos yet. Oh, it's so good. There could be an episode just about the award show where yeah. Joel Schumacher comes out in the middle of promoting Batman and Robin and could not be more cocky about this. <laughs> and like, you guys are going to love it. And there's so much. Oh, the toys. We're going to make so much money. You guys, we are going to be flush with cash. He's just like top tier, most confident anybody could ever be. <laughs> no idea what's coming for that movie. Wow. I, yeah, that's great. Uh, what? Yeah, this I love those stores. Also, hey, Trump is part of all that too. Trump is uh, was an owner of several, or they were like in 
his Atlantic City hotels. Yes, that's uh, correct. It's yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a lot there. Yeah, I mean, we should do that one soon. Yeah. Um, but as for this one, yeah. What else about uh, Times Square? I mean, yeah, they had to. They, it took seven days to get it to New York City for for one performance. And they, uh, you know, they filled in potholes. They paid five hundred thousand dollars to fill. I mean, the whole thing cost five thousand five hundred thousand dollars. But like, yeah, they had to do like. They had to fix up the city to make this possible. This is it's, the Disneyfication of Times Square era. So they were like spending money left and right on like family friendly events. I will say the Hades float is cool. It's very cool. Yes. Yeah. Um I also am I, I also think it's they did do the to honor America at the end as well. Which is funny <laughs> you when gotta, it's like hey. which is like it's a promotional float for their movie. Do you need like the the patriotism at the end of your promotion for a movie? A movie set in ancient Greece. Right. So, yes, thank you. Set in ancient Greece. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or Rome is it Rome? I always I never know who's who. Yeah, I don't uh, know. He's Rome. He's Roman, I think. Uh um uh yeah, that doesn't uh doesn't know. quite make sense. But I bet boy, I bet Mayor Rudy Watch that America float go by and oh, remind him of the country he loves so dear and that he'll do anything to protect. Rudy should have been on he, the float uh, with the gold pants. Oh, man. Rudy, Rudy <laughs> covered in Christmas lights with gold pants waving to everyone. Can you, with an electric toupee. With an electric to, neon electric toupee. <laughs> what? All right, calling for fan art. Uh, you know what? Wait, let me <laughs> let me not call for fan art. Let me call for Photoshop. Let me call. Oh, that's for, cool. yeah, yeah. Let me Switch call it for up. be real Photoshop of Rudy Giuliani with gold pants, Christmas lights, and a neon toupee standing next to Mickey and Minnie on the To Honor America float, and specifically the New York <laughs> City Hercules electrical parade from 1997. That's my official uh, yeah, it's, request. It's specific assets, it's tough. But yeah, I, I, uh, I think everyone's up to the challenge. And uh, if you're listening to this uh, still in quarantine times, you, like us, are bored as hell. Yeah, so get to work, so, Photoshop experts. Fill your, fill your time. I, I also, uh, I'm, uh, I would say a full episode about the Disneyfication of Times Square. Oh, yeah. That's good. A, a very fun one. Let's put that in the queue, too. Um. um but uh, yeah, this was certainly the one of the most fun zones of that. Um, seen by a million people, it ran over four times the length of uh, the typical Main Street Electrical Parade. They really did it. They really got some people to go to Hercules in theaters. Mm-hmm. Not enough, but some. But some. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Uh, well, what else about this thing? I mean, it's hey, it's. It'll be Made back. Made me very happy It'll to be talk back. about it. It'll certainly be back. It might be back. Uh, I would... Uh, should I... Pre- I'll predict it now. I bet when uh, everything opens back up, Dizzy's like, hey, look, look what's back. Come back, please. I would, I would have to think so, and we'll think that it's crass, but uh, we're also going to fall work. for it. I yeah, it'll it work. Oh, we sh- I'm going to say I think they're going to wait on it for some sort of a lull, because I think like... For uh, insane people like us, when the park opens up, it's going to just be like the biggest attendance day of all time that first day. Uh, So I feel like maybe they wait to bring it back for like another lull of time. But maybe we'll see. 
they got to find some way to do it digitally, virtually for all of us sitting in our uh, separate apartments. Um, mm-hmm. There is a full 2019 live webcast of that version of it on YouTube oh, on the official hopefully. Disney Parks channel. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I like that they've been doing all this stuff. Like, here's a really nice multicam Tokyo Phantasmic. Like, th- those kind of things they've been digging up to uh, to entertain us uh, have been appreciated. I guess we hey, we didn't say also that it was it was also used as, like, a quick fix fuck 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 let's save um california adventure oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And that, but that, but, which has no main street they put it over in like paradise pier and called it the uh disney's electrical parade yeah mm-hmm. they had to rebrand for that a, that quick a fix. california classic a california classic a california <laughs> classic uh, which i guess that's really what you got to say about it at the end of the day it's a california classic whether or not it's in new york or florida it's always a california classic I was interested to learn. I'm going through just some random things. I was interested to learn that Baroque Hoedown is used in the ending theme of a Mexican sitcom from the seven from the seventies. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. Wow. Um, One of those guys. I forget which. The, there's another Perry Kingsley song that I think is the theme song to the game show The Joker's Wild. Oh, really? I, I, I might be getting the game yeah. show wrong. No, that's it. Joker's Wild. Yeah, yeah. Bunk, 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 bunk. I man, check out the in sound from way out. They're all it's all so good. All those Dumbledore songs are delightful. Uh, I can find no evidence just from a brief search that Liberace saw the electrical parade. Um, mm-hmm. but I will still I will hunt. I will still hunt. Um, he though when I googled Liberace Disneyland, he did describe himself as a one man Disneyland. Of course, <laughs> sure. Fair and enough. He has an al- he has an album called My Parade of Golden Favorites. He has an album called that. So he is also a one man parade. Also, Liberace episode eventually. There's no way around. Yeah, there's yeah. no way there's around enough like it. themed entertainment and Liberace places to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm on board with that. I'm like writing them down. I got a little. Okay, good. I got a literal list. I'm excited for. All of these. Um, I what do we what do we leave people with? I'm tempted to, Mike. You should screw around and see if you could do it. Maybe I could do it on top of the. What I'd really like is to for the music on this to go out with like. Can we take the? Can one of us with our our keyboards at home incorporate two brothers into Baroque Down? Oh yeah, I, I I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. I think I All think right. it shouldn't be hard. I think it shouldn't be that hard. It's not going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to spend like weeks on it, but you no, will. no, no, certainly not. Well, yeah, I know you. You will. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. You might be right. <laughs> yeah, the downtown Disney ordeal theme was getting into oh. uh, Guns and Roses Chinese democracy territory. That theme, my God. <laughs> Here's version twenty-seven. That theme is still only like fifty percent <laughs> of what I wanted it to be. To be honest, yeah. With you. I still at a certain <laughs> point in in length. Release the oh. demos. Release the demos. I have a lot the box of, set. A lot of demos. Release of the that. mono mix. I needed a full real recording studio for that one, and a full band. Honestly, that's you becoming Brian Wilson. Now you're you mm. and you. <laughs> You've got the, you got a theremin player, <sighs> a bunch of glockenspiels, mm-hmm. and uh, losing. Ever, you end up lighting the studio on fire. Mm-hmm. Losing my mind. We almost lost you to the downtown Disney ordeal theme. Mm-hmm. You brought in Doctor Landy. To, like, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, is it is it is it working out? Is is Dr. Landy Jr. Uh, getting you back on track? <laughs> no, he's not as good as his father. <laughs> he sucks. Dr. Landy Jr. Chance. sucks. Go... I he tried him. to smack a hamburger out of your hand. And, uh, <laughs> that didn't go he well. Failed. He was he was it was too light of a slip. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I guess uh, I, I guess with all that, we can say our softer. Uh, quarantine version. What do we settle on? You, you put listened up. to podcast. I think the it was ride. A, you uh, put up with podcast the ride. You put up. You put up. You put up with podcast the ride. Mr. Electrical Parade edition. Uh, uh, but boy, it, it truly as it makes me happy to think about the parade. The commercial made me so happy, uh, and and talking about it for a while made me so happy. Uh, this is uh, hopefully in that uh, area of of uh, very earnest episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because uh, this, it's this thing's the best, and enjoy it. Enjoy it, everyone, because this podcast is glowing away forever until next Friday's episode for the magnificent <laughs> return of this podcast. <laughs> the long awaited, the long awaited <laughs> hello season. You enjoyed the farewell season. <laughs> we need to, re- guys. We can't. We can't glow on like this. <laughs> <laughs> I wait. I had another one earlier. I forgot to say. Oh, I've like the shots of smiling bugs and the tagline is, "They've lost the will to shine." (laughs) 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 What are you saying, Mike? Uh, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? Um, But for. Um, for more of the Mainstream Electrical Parade story, go to patreon.com slash podcast the ride, the second gate, where we we were we will talk about its successor, Light Magic, yep. which ran for less time than the Mainstream Electrical Parade did. The fuzz uh, bucket of <laughs> nighttime <laughs> Disneyland light parades. Amen. Absolutely. And hey, for uh for more stuff, uh Twitch uh oh I said oh, I say I said I was trying to say Twitter and I said Twitch, but we're yeah, we're trying to do Twitch stuff. We've been having fun. Uh but uh Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all the usual stuff. Um yeah, check check us out. All right, I got one. Uh mm. the uh, new ad that just says it's the turtle and everyone, and it just says, We're glowing to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well so enjoy podcast the ride before we all glow to hell but also (laughs) enjoy our triumphant return uh we'll uh we'll we'll talk to you soon all right glow to hell gentlemen This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.